0: Good morning, I'm Saul Gonzalez, and this is the California Report. Are measures put into place to protect Californians from the coronavirus also stepping on their religious freedoms? In a letter sent to Governor Gavin Newsom, the U.S. Justice Department warns that keeping houses of worship closed might violate people's constitutional rights. The department notes that under the state's current plans, retail and restaurants will reopen before worshipers are allowed to gather together, and that shows unequal treatment of faith communities says the department. The governor's office hasn't responded to the Justice Department's letter yet. Although most houses of worship in California have abided by the state's shutdown orders, some churches have still held in-person services. Public health officials warn religious gatherings could be a way for the coronavirus to spread. Let's turn to the coronavirus and immigration. On Monday of this week, undocumented Californians hit hard by the pandemic could start applying for state financial relief. And the response has been overwhelming. Just two of the dozen nonprofits the state selected to screen applicants say they received 1.3 million calls just on the first day. KQD's Farida Javala-Romero reports.
2: Undocumented immigrants can't get unemployment benefits or federal stimulus checks, even if they pay taxes. California aims to help 150,000 of them with a one-time emergency grant of $500 per person. When the announcement first came out, some advocates warned the state funds would only benefit a fraction of those in need.
1: Most of the people probably got a busy signal or they got a message saying that the system is full.
2: Christopher Martinez with Catholic Charities of the East Bay says their phone system crashed a couple of times because of the demand. Who's calling? Undocumented spouses of U.S. citizens, day laborers, seniors, and homeless people were among more than two hundred thousand callers from six. Bay area counties.
0: That is absolutely unprecedented. I think that it just really shows you the enormity of the need in the community.
2: Catholic Charity says it will hire more staff to help 100 people already answering the phone.
0: We know we're not going to be able to serve everybody, but we'll try our best to get the cash into the hands of people as quickly as possible.
2: In Los Angeles and Orange counties, the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights or CHIRLA has added a new phone line after more than a million people called on Monday. They expect funds won't run out for some weeks and advise people to keep calling until they get through. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala-Romero.
0: And California is the first state to offer financial assistance to undocumented residents. Let's turn to higher education. The coronavirus pandemic has taken an enormous financial toll on the University of California system. As UC's governing board meets this week to discuss the issue, student advocates are taking a stand against possible cuts. KQED's Vanessa Arrancaño has more.
3: The crisis cost UC an estimated $1.2 billion in March and April alone, and with a major state deficit now expected, Governor Newsom's revised budget slashes UC funding by 10 percent. In response, UC President Janet Napolitano announced this week she and university chancellors would take a 10 percent pay cut and put in place a salary freeze for some staff. But UC Student Association President Varsha Serveshwar is concerned it's a matter of time before cuts hit students.
4: I'm worried about programmatic cuts, I'm worried about service cuts, and I'm, and I'm worried about tuition.
3: Max Lubin runs the student advocacy organization RISE.
1: Cutting back in the UC budget is going to likely mean more UC students facing hunger and homelessness and fewer Californians being able to earn a degree from a UC.
3: He wants to see students, state, and university leaders come together to push for more federal relief money. President Napolitano said UC is working toward the same goal. For The California Report, I'm Vanessa Rancaño.
0: Prior to the pandemic, housing was the big crisis facing the state. Of course, it's still an enormous problem, and some elected officials in Sacramento are thinking of ways to guarantee housing as a right to Californians. KQED's Molly Solomon fills us in.
4: A legal right to housing would be a historic shift for the Golden State. But what would it really mean, and how much would it cost? And that is literally the multi trillion dollar question. San Francisco Democrat David Chu chairs the Assembly's Housing Committee. He's a co author on the bill introduced by Assemblymember Autumn Burke. While an exact dollar amount is still unknown, Burke's bill would force state agencies to house children and families on the brink of homelessness. That could be through rental assistance, eviction defense, or emergency shelter. Chu said addressing housing was already a top priority this year, but the coronavirus pandemic has only made it more urgent. It's the moral thing to do. It's a humane thing to do. It's also during this pandemic the right thing to do for public health. Burke's bill is being heard in the Assembly Housing Committee today, but another bill that would have gone further didn't make the cut. The proposal from Assemblymember Rob Bonta would have encoded housing as a human right in the state's constitution.
2: I believe we need to do something that meets the problem in scope and scale and in boldness.
4: Bonta's efforts have garnered support from housing activists, including Moms for Housing, a group of homeless women and children who took over a vacant home in West Oakland to protest investors driving up home prices. Carol Fife is the director of Oakland's Ace, a nonprofit that helped organize the occupation. She says their actions have taken on new significance. Out of all of the things that we have to worry about in the world, the primary need for shelter for safe Dignified shelter should not be one of the things that keep you up at night. But faced with a massive budget deficit and a shortened session, lawmakers say their timelines have shifted. Fewer hearings means less room for discussing big ideas like the human right to housing.
2: And this constitutional amendment deserves robust discussion massive input expertise from different sectors and areas to help get it right
4: bonta says his proposal isn't going away he hopes to have it considered in the next session for the california report i'm molly solomon
0: imperial county in southeast california is larger than the states of rhode island and delaware combined but it only has two hospitals and both facilities this week started turning away coronavirus patients because they say they can't handle anymore The hospitals attribute the recent spike to American citizens living in Mexico who've tested positive for COVID-19 there and are crossing the border to seek treatment. The hospitals are redirecting new patients to San Diego, and a mobile field hospital should be up and running by the end of this week. Imperial County currently has the highest per capita rate of coronavirus hospitalizations in California. Staying on health care, for weeks, doctors have been worried that heart attack patients weren't coming into emergency rooms out of fear of contracting the coronavirus. KQED's health correspondent, April Domboski, reports on a new study that confirms the suspicions.
5: Last Thursday, Rosalind Palmer-Ono had just finished eating lunch. Sausage, crackers, and 7-Up. She went upstairs to do some ironing and started feeling some gas pains.
2: So I said, let me take
5: a gas X. And I chewed a gasics and I took an aspirin. But the pain got worse. Her husband insisted on calling the advice nurse, and she told them to call 911 and come to the hospital. Rosalind didn't want to. That's
6: when I said, oh, no, I don't want to go down there where the virus is. I don't want to go down there where all the other people are. And I was, oh, I'm, I, all I have is gas. Come on, let's not bother.
5: She did go, but a new data analysis of Kaiser Permanente's four and a half million patients in Northern California shows that Rosalind is far from alone in her reluctance to come in. Since the first COVID death was reported in early March, the number of weekly hospital admissions for heart attacks dropped 50 percent.
0: There's no intervention that we know of that can reduce heart attack rates by 50 percent.
5: Cardiologist Matt Solomon conducted the study. He says older patients and those with a history of heart disease were the least likely to come in.
0: These patients were repeatedly messaged that they were higher risk if they did contract COVID-19. And we worry that they stayed at home and suffered their heart attacks without getting any care.
5: Now Solomon is trying to reframe the message and remind people that the hospital is safe. And if they don't get care right away, they could suffer repeat heart attacks, heart failure, or they could die. Rosalind Palmer-Ono says she got to the hospital just in time. She had a heart attack in the ER.
6: And they put the nitroglycerin under my tongue, and in 10 minutes, they're pushing me into this area to perform this cardiac catheterization and put the stent in me.
5: Rosalind is at home recovering now. Even after telling her friends what happened, some of them still say they wouldn't want to go to the hospital. Rosalind tells them, don't hesitate. For the California Report, I'm April Domboski.
0: While stuck at home, Californians have been throwing away huge amounts of garbage, especially recyclables. Recycling bins are so full that in Los Angeles, Mayor Eric Garcetti has started letting residents stand by their full bins and dump extra bags when the trash truck comes by. Well, the majority of those cans, bottles and boxes aren't getting recycled because of constraints COVID-19 is putting on the recycling industry, which was already struggling before the pandemic. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has more from Los Angeles.
6: The amount of trash Angelenos create at home has gone up. How much?
1: We have seen an increase in the residential waste that's been collected by about 10 to
6: 15%. That's Alex Halou with LA Sanitation and Environment, the city's trash collection service. And normally, a lot of that waste could be recycled, but Kobe Sky with L.A. County Public Works says these aren't normal times.
3: We have had some of the facilities that process recyclables and green waste that weren't able to operate with the safer at home orders.
6: The centers that process residential recycling rely on sorters and warehouses standing shoulder to shoulder at conveyor belts. Some of those processing centers say they can't operate with workers standing six feet apart which means a lot of those materials aren't getting recycled.
3: Some of our waste haulers along certain routes, because of a lack of capacity, have had to send the recyclables and green waste that they were separating to a disposal facility, to landfill disposal.
6: Extra space between workers and extra sanitation means extra costs. Alex Halou, back at LA Sanitation, says the cost to process recyclables has nearly doubled. And for most facilities, it's not worth staying open.
1: Facilities shutting down created an oversupply of recyclable material. So the price to process the recyclables went up. So, for example, prior to COVID-19, there were 17 facilities that can take recyclables. Now there's only five.
6: This is at a time when the recycling industry was already struggling, and plummeting oil prices have devalued plastic. But it's not all bad news. Even though your residential trash is going up,
1: commercial accounts have went down by 80 percent
6: at places like LAX. That's a big deal because pre-COVID, there was a lot more commercial trash than residential trash. So that 80 percent reduction in things like Delta Airlines pretzel wrappers is more significant than the 10 to 15 percent increase in the trash you're making at home. That's not all, Halu says. The pandemic might serve as the push the recycling industry needs to reform a system that's been struggling for years. He says he hopes it spurs manufacturers to make products that are easier to break down and reuse so the recycling process can be more efficient.
1: Actually, I believe, I know that COVID-19 is going to change the infrastructure for solid waste management for years to come. So we're not at standstill. So I see a positive or silver lining at the horizon. It just is going to take us a little bit of time to get there.
6: The setback all but ensures that California won't meet its goal to recycle, reduce, or compost 75% of its solid waste by the end of the year. But there's still time for dozens of counties and cities to meet their long-term zero-waste goals. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles.
0: And that is the California Report for Wednesday, May 20th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
1: Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. EarthquakeAuthority.com Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and Personal Capital, offering remote telefinance services with financial advisors and digital financial planning tools, personalcapital.com.